President Obama's Affordable Care Act, integrated care has become a major priority within the healthcare industry. But what is integrated care? How does it affect children, families, and older adults? And what are patient-centered medical homes? In this episode, we break down the ins and outs of integrated care with a psychologist who is a leading researcher on integrated care. I'm Audrey Hamilton, and this is Speaking of Psychology. Joan Sarno is director of the Youth Stress and Mood Program and a professor of psychiatry and biobehavioral sciences at UCLA. Her research focuses on strategies for improving health and mental health in youth, with an emphasis on suicide prevention and depression. She was also on the American Psychological Association's Task Force on Patient-Centered Medical Homes. Welcome, Dr. Sarno. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Your primary area of research focuses on mental health care and prevention for children and teenagers. You've also been publishing research on the effect collaborative care settings have on these children. Can you talk about that? I would be happy to. You know, in the United States, we can obtain outstanding medical care. And we can obtain outstanding care for behavioral health problems, a broad term that we use to refer to mental health and substance abuse problems and health risk behaviors. We can get the best mental health and substance abuse care in the world in the United States, but where we have the problems is in getting that care to people. Mm. From the perspective of kids in mental health, we have some really major problems. First of all, there are very high rates of mental health problems among our kids. Estimates for adolescents indicate that 40% of our adolescents suffer from mental health or substance use disorders within any year. And in younger kids, it's one out of eight kids who are estimated to suffer from mental health disorders during a year. This translates to about 16 million children in the United States who suffer from mental health or substance abuse problems. The second really alarming fact is that over half of those kids with a documented need for mental health care receive no services for those problems. Mm. And this unmet need is associated with lack of insurance and minority status. And when treated, members of racial and ethnic minority groups and poor children also tend to receive poor quality of care compared to non-minorities. And this contributes to disparities in care and health outcomes. We had a study that came out in JAMA Pediatrics in August 2015 that was designed to ask the question, if you put care for behavioral health problems into primary care services, does that lead to improved behavioral health for our kids as compared to usual primary care services? And we did this study because this is a time of dramatic changes in our healthcare environment. And at a time like this, it's really very critical for us as psychologists to look at our scientific base and look at how our science can inform these changes so that we can do our very best to make sure that these changes that are occurring lead to real improvements in the health of our kids. As you know, there's recent legislation that's affected healthcare, and, and it's also affected behavioral health care for Affordable Care kids. Act, right. Right. Uh, the Affordable Care Act aims to achieve a healthier population and improve access to care, 
also improve quality of care and the patient experience of care while reducing costs. And a major part of this is that mental health and substance use services are included as essential health benefits, right. which means hmm. that they must be included as part of a comprehensive package in insurance packages. We have one other piece of legislation that's had a big impact on behavioral health, and that's the mental health and addiction parity legislation that was passed in 2008. Mm -hmm. And that provides increased access to insurance for behavioral health problems. So one approach to improving access to high quality behavioral health care is to bring that behavioral health care into the settings where kids are already receiving cares. And that's really been one of the things that's motivated efforts to integrate care for mental health and substance use problems within our primary care settings. Right. Do you, do you, so do you think that as primary care providers are equipped as it is to recognize mental health problems, especially in children, you know, such as depression, anxiety, you know, what can be done better in your view? Well, I think that that's what this study was designed to do. First of all, um, I think we can train and provide resources. We have data that shows this to help primary care providers to screen for behavioral health problems and to help kids to get the care that they need. But there have been a number of studies in fact, we found 31 of them involving over 13,000 kids mm -hmm. where they use different approaches to support primary care in providing care for behavioral health problems. Mm -hmm. And the real benefit of this is it, re it brings care to the place where kids are. And it re that reduces barriers to behavioral health care like stigma. Kids don't want to admit oftentimes that they're suffering from depression or other mental health problems. And there are just practical complications involved in shifting from one doctor to another, one clinic to another. And often we see that kids and families aren't able to follow up with a recommendation to see a specialty mental health provider in a different office. Right. So if they're there, the access to care is much easier for everyone involved, the physician, the parent, the child. Yeah, and, and in our study, which was a meta-analysis, which means that we, we looked at, at results across multiple different studies, this is an approach that's used increasingly in evidence-based medicine in order to help with clinical decision-making so right. that we know what works and then doctors and other providers are able to match kids to the kinds of treatments that they're most likely to benefit from. And in our study where we looked at integrated care programs, and they were really a very diverse range of integrated care programs, what was very exciting is that we found that when you made behavioral health care available through primary care, uh -huh. we had a statistically significant benefit for kids' behavioral health as compared to usual primary care. And that's a big deal right, because we looked big. across mm -hmm. multiple different kinds of behavioral health problems and many different kinds of approaches to integrating care. So the probability was actually 66% that a randomly selected child would have a better outcome after receiving integrated care than a randomly selected child after receiving usual care. I want to switch gears a little bit on to when we talked about Affordable Care Act, the ACA, mm -hmm. you know, it's expanding the use of what um, are called patient-centered medical homes, and you participated, you mentioned this, in a task force that evaluated research on the role psychologists play in such places. Can you 
explain, because I don't think a lot of our listeners may know what a patient-centered medical home is, and then can you talk about, you know, what you found? That's a fabulous question. You know, when I first heard the term <laughs> patient-centered medical home or medical home, I had this vision of this really comfortable house with comfortable <laughs> chairs, and we were all sitting around a table with a cup of tea, and I was talking to my doctor, and he was helping me feel better, and all was good. Well, it could be like that, <laughs> but really, the idea of a health home or a patient-centered medical home isn't a place. It's not that we're referring to a place. It's a philosophy or a model for achieving primary care excellence that's designed to provide people with care at the right time, in the right place, and in a way that best meets their needs. There are five major components of the patient-centered medical home as defined by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality. So the first is that the P PCMH, I'll call it PCMH, patient-centered medical home. Right. Okay, the PCMH is supposed to be comprehensive. That means it includes both medical care and care for mental health and substance use problems. Secondly, surprise, surprise, it refers to the need to be patient-centered. So that means an active partnership between patients and their doctors and other clinicians that really focuses on things that patients care about and value and really conveys a respect for patients and families. Uh -huh. The third is coordination. And that means that different doctors and different clinicians talk to each other. So if I break my toe and I go for an x-ray, and I go to see somebody to help me with my toe, not only will the person I saw for the toe and the x-ray know about it, but my primary care doctor will know about it too, so that he could also check on me, he or she could also check on me mm -hmm. if they need to. The fourth component is accessibility, the idea that you can actually get an appointment, that an appointment is available, and additionally, within a, the PCMH, approaches are used other than appointments like telephone coaching or telephone outreach to help get patients the care that they need. And the fifth and a very important component is that care be safe and of high quality. That's really critical because as we've learned, one of the most important things I think in improving care is to closely monitor patients and to see how they're doing so that if they're not doing well, you can adjust treatment and make sure that their needs are met. And if they're doing well, you can be really happy about it and help them to continue doing what's working. The other part of that is that healthcare organizations are encouraged to really engage in quality improvement projects. Well, great. Well, thank you, Dr. Asarno, for speaking with us today. My pleasure. For more information and to see Dr. Asarno's work, please go to our website, speakingofpsychology.org. With the American Psychological Association's Speaking of Psychology, I'm Audrey Hamilton.